Hello, everyone. This is uh, Josh Friend from Incelerate, uh, CEO and founder. I'm thankful to the CNBA for letting us take over their Connect podcast today. And I was able to invite someone, uh, actually a friend of mine, someone I have a lot of respect for, I've worked with in the past and has had a you know long tenure in the mortgage industry. And um, where he's working now, I think it'd be really interested uh, to, to hear him to talk about and for everyone to hear and just kind of hear some background. So, John Irvine, uh, welcome. I appreciate the uh, the warm welcome, Josh. It's uh, it had been a while since we'd seen each other, so I was glad to have run into you at the NBA a couple of weeks ago. Looking healthy, thin, fit, handsome, all the good stuff. Well, thank. I appreciate that. <laughs> I try. No, uh, yeah. So listen, um, there's a handful of reasons why I thought uh, about speaking with you. One, um, you know, from a mortgage side, operational side, experience side. Um, you're someone that I know in this industry has had a lot of success. You've been part of a lot of successful mortgage companies running um, production. And then also, you know, you're now part of change lending, which also has change mortgage, which I think is really, you know, I think is really a great topic for us to talk about. And I wanted to kind of hear about what that's like and what you guys are doing at change and what the mission there is and, you know, what, what you're trying to do and who you're trying to serve. Yeah. Hey, I, I appreciate the opportunity to come on here. Um, you know, I've, uh, had the pleasure of joining the change company, um, in June of this year. And, uh, you know, I like to tell people that, uh, this is probably a unicorn opportunity that I've had in my career, unlike anything else. Um, and it was pretty, it was a pretty easy decision for me to decide to come to this organization. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Josh, I've had a pretty long history and career. I started off my career at First Franklin, um, being uh, running retail uh, sales and marketing for, uh, you know, they were a pretty big non-prime player back in the day, <laughs> probably a small or maybe a little bit bigger than small part of the crash. Um, but, you know, while we were there, we did something pretty innovative that I was very proud of um, in building a uh, consumer direct purchase focused platform, uh, which is a very, very difficult thing to do. Um, and, you know, it came with some blood, sweat and tears, but we did it very successfully. Uh, lending tree was one of uh, our largest partners. I think we were the number one purchase platform on the lending tree uh, platform for uh, four five, six years in a row. I sat on the uh, advisory board for them. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was a definitely a unique uh, a unique time and a unique business, um, but this is probably more unique than that. Uh, if you'll indulge me, I'd love to tell you a little bit about you know change and, and what we do. Uh, I'm the chief revenue chief production officer for uh, the change company, and uh, change really has uh, one mission in mind. Uh, our mission is to empower all Americans uh, to pursue their dreams by providing fair and equal access to financial services. Um, and so what does that mean? Historically, um, there has been uh, a gap um, in income and access to financial products for people of color um, versus uh, their uh, Caucasian counterparts. And the change company endeavors to 
really close the wealth gap for black and brown people. Um, you know, interestingly enough, there's been a, a ton of studies that have been done. We, we just participated in one uh, through the Brookings Institute recently. But if you look at income inequality uh, in the U.S. Uh, since prior to the civil rights movement, um, you actually seen uh, uh, the gap close somewhat, right? So um, Caucasians and their non-Caucasian counterparts, uh, income disparities aren't as pronounced and profound as they were, uh, you know, back many years ago. However, interestingly enough, the wealth gap has actually widened, it's gotten bigger. And there's one primary reason for that, home ownership. When you look at home ownership rates for, um, you know, specifically for Blacks and Hispanics, uh, they haven't been as high um, as Caucasian. And so we endeavor to provide uh, financing solutions uh, for all Americans, including uh, people of color, to, to try to close or bridge the gap um, in that wealth gap between uh, whites and non-whites. So, you know, when you look at it, historically, I was looking at some uh, charts and, and research before I jumped on this podcast. Um, as recently as 2019, uh, for uh, Caucasian households, white households uh, had a total net worth of somewhere just uh, south of $200,000, uh, whereas their African-American counterparts were somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, $50,000. And that is directly correlated to uh, home ownership. So how can we help solve this gap? And that's where the story gets really interesting. So um, back in 2007 and 2008, as I mentioned, I was working at, uh, at First Franklin. I'm not going to let you off the hook either, Josh, because I know you worked at IndyMac and you guys were selling a lot of NEGAM loans back then. So uh, I'm gonna, you, were part, you were part of it too. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. It's a so, prime lending shop that did. Same things. Oh, oh yeah. that's right. I forgot you. Yeah, that's right. You and Steve had the uh, subprime lending shop that you probably contribute a little more even than <laughs> Indy back days. Um, so, you know, the, the subsequent housing crisis uh, bore new regulations for financial industries, you know, probably most arduously for our industry, the mortgage industry and the Dodd-Frank Act of uh, 2008. Ironically enough, uh, President Obama was the president at the time, and there was a recognition by the housing authorities and by President Obama at the time that um, these new regulations, while desperately needed for obvious reasons um, to save the world from financial calamity and you know stop the you know cowboy nature of uh, that the, that had been prevalent in the industry, it was going to cut out about five percent of prime credit worthy borrowers that otherwise should be entitled to be able to get a mortgage with these new regulations they now were not going to be able to get a mortgage and so uh disparately too disproportionately these people that were being cut out were people of color 
And so President Obama, in his infinite wisdom at the time, recognized this fact and said, I'm going to take a very little known entity called a CDFI, Community Development Financial uh, Institution. And I am going to uh, make this uh, entity with certain caveats exempt from certain portions of the new regulations that are being put in. So we can try to create you know, a, a financing avenue for this 5% that's been disproportionately adversely affected by these new regulations. And so uh, they did just that. They created CDFIs. Now, CDFIs don't come without rules, restrictions. You know, basically, um, what they did was create an entity that had to have a community advisory board um, that was attached to the institution. And this group would be made up of people demographically that look like the people that you're trying to serve. So in our case, we're approved as a CDFI for uh, Hispanics and African-Americans. And so we've created a community advisory board to help us uh, develop products to address the needs of our community that are people that are very largely prominent in the African-American and Hispanic communities, as you would imagine. And uh, what this has enabled us to do, probably what's been most exciting for me in joining is it's allowed us to create a very special product called the community mortgage that this loan is exempt from ATR. It's exempt from the ability to repay rule. And so we're able to give loans uh, to folks, prime credit worthy customers, our average FICO is well north of 700, our average LTD is uh, somewhere in the mid 60s, um, we have ex excellent uh, seasoning um, credit quality uh, because we've been doing this now for a couple of years. Um, but this loan is, there's no income required. There's no employment. We don't even take employment on a 1003. We effectively are able to qualify a customer with three simple things. Uh, number one, the appraisal. Number two, their credit report. And number three, reserves. Uh, and it can be as little as three months reserves depending on the program. Uh, it goes up to 80% LTV, up to $3 million. Um, and FICO scores as low as 640. And so that's allowed us to help customers that are gig workers, self-employed, retired, may have had a medical event. Um, and even when you talk about you know, gig workers, disproportionately, a lot of these folks, if you think about it, you know, Uber drivers, uh, DoorDash delivery folks, um, you know, gardeners, uh, you know, these are, a lot of them are people of color. And so our loans, uh, you know, solve for a very specific uh, issue. And we are trying to be a part of a solution, if you will. That was a monologue. I apologize. No, that was great. I, honestly, John, I didn't realize that you guys had created your own product as well. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's really impressive. So you, so that's kind of the main way. So I guess the uh, CF, give me the CDFI. Yep. So that, that's CDFI. All right. 
So that allows you to have a uh, license in as well, or that, that's where you you, uh, you lend from. Is that an overall banking platform or is it just a lending platform or how does that work? So uh, CDFI, uh, the CDFI itself, um, it's not a bank. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, the, the genesis or the basis platform of this company in order to launch it was uh, Commerce Mortgage, uh, which you may be familiar with. Um, and so in 2018, uh, the founders of the company, uh, including Steve Sugarman, who is our founder and CEO um, of the Hold Code, the change company, uh, Jeff Siebold, uh, Jeff and Steve were the former founders of Bank of California, where I used to run distributed retail. And uh, that they're really my tie to the company, in addition to Ted Ray, who's the president um, of the mortgage platform here. And Ted was the president of uh, Bank Home Loans of Bank of California. And so that's really uh, you know, part of what brought me back here. So uh, Steve and Jeff and Ted went out and purchased uh, Commerce Mortgage as the, the baseline mortgage company. Now, interestingly enough, um, and we're currently licensed in 42 states. We'll be licensed in 48 by the end of the year. Uh, the only two states that we're avoiding thus far are New York and Massachusetts, just because uh, they're so arduous. Um, but uh, in addition to just being an IMB, uh, as a part of the CDFI designation, we actually have membership in the FHLB and the Federal Home Loan Bank. And so, you know, ostensibly there are perks um, and advantages that a CDFI is able to um, enjoy that go beyond just an IMB. Um, we have access to the CDFI fund um, where they can help with capitalization in certain uh, places. Um, we have the opportunity uh, at some point to be a part of the FHLB and be able to borrow just as banks borrow from uh, them. So uh, to answer the question, no, we're not a depository. Um, and, you know, in a lot of aspects, we are an IMB, but then there are some additional, you know, perks, I guess, to being a CDFI. Now, we specifically are a CDFI um, for uh, Hispanics and African-Americans, as I previously mentioned, and we recertify for that every year. And there are a number of conditions um, that, you know, constitute the recertification. So um, it's a very uh, prescriptive and you know specific uh, set of rules and requirements that we operate within in order to you know make sure that we're fulfilling our mission and able to continue our CDFI designation. No, I think that's great. I mean, obviously having access to the Federal Home Loan Bank and having that liquidity for a, a lender is huge. Right? Yeah, so that, that's a, that's a great pickup. What um, you know, kind of with your overall you know uh strategy how are you guys um are you educated in the market because you know like obviously i'm in this industry and i didn't realize about this rule that there 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 was some caveats for the atr and all that kind of stuff i i wasn't uh, i didn't know that so are you out there so i can only imagine especially um these uh, underserved communities there there's going to be there's less education about the financial side of it right so are you out, are we doing education? Are we working with the community? Is there any type of outreach within the community itself? All, all and everything and more. And, you know, yes, uh, you know, I feel like 
Uh, 90% of my life is educating uh, people on what a CDFI is, what our mission is, why there's value there, why this is important. I mean, look, we live in a very highly political charged environment right now. Uh, you know, there's social dynamics that are probably as tense um, now that, you know, that, that we haven't seen since the 1960s in this country. And, um, you know, being part of something that potentially um, is a solution for that to help sort of calm the temperature of this nation uh, feels good. And I, I tell my employees all the time, um, most of the time, if you want to do something altruistic, do something good uh, with work, you've got to go work for a nonprofit. Um, it's very rare that you have the opportunity to do good for the community um, but also be at a for-profit business and be able to make money and be very profitable. Um, and so, you know, those two things combined with, with the um, unique product set that we have, we're in a super commoditized business. We have a non-commoditized product uh, and we, we have a saying internally, do good by doing good. We have the opportunity to do good by doing good. Why would I not work here? And now I get to do it with people that I love. I literally am the happiest that I've ever been in my entire career. But to go back and answer your um, your original question, um, you know, I, I I would tell you that we educate borrowers in, through we educate our own internal staff. We've got a very large distributed retail network, and we literally host multiple times a week. Uh, seminars uh, internally for our own employees to educate them on the benefits of our programs, the why of what we do. Um, we, you know, at every turn are, are um, educating our internal employees on what our mission is and why they're a part of something important. Then uh, we've got a wholesale channel where we spend an inordinate amount of time uh, and energy going out to our broker partners and educating them on what we can do and why this is important and how it can help grow their business. Um, but we're also going even further than that. Uh, you know, at the Holdco level, we're out there educating uh, Wall Street, um, counterparties, um, regulators. We're out there uh, educating um, uh, uh, rating agencies. Uh, you know, one of the things that I'm most proud of is that uh, our loan performance has been absolutely stellar. And we've got a number of very high profile and well-known Wall Street uh, buyers of our product. And, you know, initially it wasn't like people were rushing to the door to come by. People were afraid. They thought, wait a second, you're doing a loan that doesn't meet ATR, that that scares me. It sounds like it's subprime. It sounds like, you know, we're hearkening back to these days when these regulations came in. Um, but now that we've had, you know, a couple of years of originating the product, you're looking at the stellar performance that we've had. People are getting more and more comfortable. And then when you add in the fact that we're doing something that's considered, you know, um, you know, an ESG type investment, uh, people are rallying. Uh, part and parcel for that whole conversation. Uh, we just a few months back uh, closed a deal with uh, Netflix, where Netflix uh, invested, uh, you know, a nice sum of money uh, with us uh, to support African American home ownership. 
Um, and if you go on our website, uh, the change uh, company's website, changellc.com, you'll see a lot of the parties um, that want to be a part of what it is that we're doing. And it's exciting. It's really exciting. Yeah, no, I, I, it sounds like that's, you know, when I had the opportunity to invite a guest, that's why I wanted to bring you on. It's, it's definitely exciting because a couple of things that you mentioned. First, back to the do good by doing good. I like that is you're creating generational change, right? And, that, and I think that's what people don't understand. People of color, minorities and, and, and poverty, people that don't have, you know, they, you can have generational change by getting them into home ownership because then, then they have a retirement and then their kids tend to go to college and then that's a complete generational change, right? They're, it's, that's they're absolutely, you're absolutely right, Josh. You know, no longer education, they're, they're getting educated and everything's just like the rest of society. Then that's the equality I think we're all looking for, right? So I think it's good that we help in areas that we've obviously underserved and, you know, create inequality for a long, long time. So I think it's really exciting. And then you mentioned, I, I'm just going to say this because the subprime or what would that, the truth is we had those loans for a long, 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 long time performing really well. We had this little like blip of two or three years of like hypermania, negam loans, and then credit default swaps and traded over and over and over again. So I always said, listen, if you really look at the market, there is great performing non-agency products for a long time, since like the 70s. I mean, it's, it's been around. So I'm glad to see it come back. I, obviously this is a unique way for it to come back, but it's good. I think it, it does serve the community because you're right. If I am a gig worker economy, if I am someone who um, is in a, uh, let's say I'm in a neighborhood where um, there's more poverty and I'm working hard and I'm doing jobs and I have money and I should be able to go buy a home. This is a way to help those people you know, go go take advantage of that. I think that's really, uh, I think it's really unique. Yeah, the, there, there's you of all people, you know, that it's it's interesting because um, our uh, founder and CEO, Steve, uh, he was our customer, our target customer in that, you know, he's self-employed, plenty of money, and he couldn't get a loan. You, you I mean, you've worked so hard, Josh, I've, I've seen you, you know, go from a mortgage professional and executive to now you're the founder and CEO of one of the top CRM systems uh, in the country. Uh, and certainly in our industry, it's probably number two to Velocify and probably closing quickly. And you probably have a hard time getting a loan <laughs> because I'm sure if you like other self-employed people, you try to, you know, write off as much as you can as you should. Yeah, I know. I was hearing what you're saying. I'm like, oh, interesting. That's, those are those are up to three million. Huh? Interesting. I didn't know those programs were still out there in the marketplace. But you're right. It, it access, you know, it is trying to get access to capital. And yeah. I think that um, I don't know. And I think a lot of Americans, and I'll, I'll just say this because um, I, as a child, I grew up in poverty, so I had some really difficult childhood. I understand what it's like to not have access to capital and have resources. But most of Americans, they don't understand that that isn't that that's a reality and how much of a difference i mean even a thousand dollars that some of people borrow from their parents to fix the car is like it is massive and people don't understand how massive that is so there's access to capital and to bring up the the equality in america i think is an amazing thing for you guys to be doing um i obviously john I have a ton of respect for you um and you mentioned the beginning and i'm just going to ask you this question 
how many loans a month would you guys close in the uh, purchase call center approximately back in, back in the, do you remember? Yeah, so, you know, I, I would tell you, I'm going to try to reverse engineer the math because I don't remember the numbers exactly off the top of my head, but uh, we were closing somewhere in the neighborhood of, I'll call it uh, 150 million a month um, in in the call center. Um, and it, it was a unique, it was a unique animal. It, it is a, it is a different business model. Um, I'm going to take off my change hat for a second and I'm going to put on my uh, consumer direct um, purchase money hat. Uh, I, I'm going to start by saying that I don't think I'm smarter than anybody else. As a matter of fact, I know from knowing you, you're a lot smarter than I am. Uh, I think it was a, a nice uh, combination of, of opportunity, um, uh, timing and product that helped catapult us um, to where we were. Now, having said that and having done what we did, it took a tremendous amount of strategy and commitment to the strategy, uh, financial investment and patience. And that is one thing that we lack terribly in this business. Patience, right? Patience, yeah, yes. yeah, Oh, yeah. Um, and then it requires a, a certain amount of education, if you will, in the marketplace. So I'm going to tell you what, what I feel like are the keys. And I'm shocked that nobody really has tackled and solved for this in any meaningful way at scale um, in the consumer direct world. Because to me, since that day, it really feels like one of the biggest opportunities, missed opportunities, um, in the marketplace. If a consumer direct platform could figure out how to solve for the purchase money market, they're absolutely going to change the industry and they probably will become one of the largest companies in the industry, if not the largest. I, so, I, I agree with you on that, John, 100%. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about, you know, just changing buying habits, right? And I, I joke with people all the time. I've got a 28-year-old daughter, uh, Jade, and I have a 20-year-old daughter, Julia. If Jade and Julia, when they go to buy a house, trust me, they're nowhere near being able to buy a house right now. They still both uh, ask me for money all the time, Julia more than Jade. Uh, uh, but when they go to buy a house, if they have to go in to see somebody face-to-face, -face, they're not buying a house, period. <laughs> That's it. If they can't text them, if they can't conduct transact everything from their phone, they are not going to do it, period. That's just not part of their nature. They don't even like to make telephone calls. They say, I talk when you can text. They don't want, and they don't, they don't want, yeah, it's like, can, have you thought about calling the, 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 the company and asking them the questions? <laughs> well, I emailed them. There's no one to text. I'm like, well, pick up the phone, make it. You're absolutely right. That, that is, yeah. that's the reality of it. It's the reality. And so with that, if you need to get a loan, uh, they're not going to go to your local mortgage broker. They're not going to go sit down with your local mortgage loan officer. They will only do it with some place that they can electronically transact with. Now, I'm not saying that distributed retail platforms or brokers can't do that. They can. Um, but, you know, smaller scale, it's tougher for 
uh, smaller scale operations to invest in the technology to be able to efficiently facilitate this. And so a consumer direct platform is the perfect platform from a technology, from an efficiency standpoint um, to be able to facilitate that. Now, why haven't they done it? There's one big reason in my opinion that they haven't done it, realtors. And I love realtors. They, they, the realtors are the backbone of my, uh, my retail platform. But realtors are aging. I think there was an MBA study out a few years ago that said the average age of a realtor at that point was 54 years old, um, where you know now it's probably even older than that. Um, and so you know, realtors have long been the big barrier to call centers. Uh, they historically will counsel their clients against it um, and want them to go to the local in-house broker. Uh, for a variety of reasons, but control is probably the biggest one of them. They want somebody that's there, that they can see what's happening. They can understand they've got visibility into the transaction because, you know, when you think about it, their money's at risk, right? It's their commission. However, even buying habits are changing. What do most people do when they go to buy a house now? They go to Redfin, they go to Zillow, they go to realtor.com. They're not going to their local realtor. They finally will get a realtor because they need somebody to be able to facilitate the paperwork because it feels daunting to them, but they're transacting most of their transacting most of the the, the uh, buy process online as it is. And so less and less, I think you're going to have that same, uh, you know, resistance from the realtor community because they're moving toward the technology. So then what is it that you need? You need patience. Because if you think about buy cycles, a refinance is great because it happens really fast. You don't have to wait for the money. You're 30 days if you're in an efficient shop and you know from application to close. Purchases don't happen like that. You've got to go out and get pre-qualified for a loan. You've got to go look for a house. When you do find a house, especially in today's market, you've got to make offers on the house. A lot of times offers are getting two, three, four, five, 10, 100 different bids on them. So it's difficult to actually get the property. Once you actually get the property, you've got to go into contract. And then if you have a house yourself that you've got to sell, now you're contingent. I mean, that contract time can be anywhere from 30 to call it 90 days. You know, you've got a six month cycle window in there between the time that you take an application and that loan actually closes. And Mortgage companies just have not shown uh, uh, the patience to be able to live through a six month cycle. And if you actually invested in it, invested in the technology to facilitate it, built yourself a realtor um, a community or network that you could plug your customers into, I, I like I said, I think you would change the game. And, you know, it's a uh, it's there for the taking. Maybe you should ditch and accelerate and go build a purchase platform, Josh. <laughs> well, listen, if, if I was not running in accelerate, I would use an accelerate and uh, I would go after it. There's no question that this, that's exactly the market I would go after. Because you, you are right. It's Everything's moving in the right headwinds to this actually become a reality. A, the consumer themselves, I mean, after COVID, everyone wants to order something, a few pushes on the phone, and they, they want it. They expect that. So the technology, Fannie and Freddie coming up with day one certainty with all these new rules that are actually allowing for verification deposits, soon you'll be able to get that loan with like out doing anything. You go online, 
you put a little bits of information in there and and we pull all your information for you and here's your loan tomorrow you can sign for it then th the whole game changes and then yep. all the purchases and you're right i'm out shopping for a home what am i doing i'm am i i'm on zillow or redfin and guess what i'm getting advertised mortgages the entire time so that transaction of it's saturday i'm going to buy this house oh it's more than i originally was approved for can I get a higher bounce? Let me call my loan officer. Oh, they're not available. That's all right. Let me just hit this button over here. Now I got the same loan and I'm approved. That's the, that is going to change. So obviously, call centers are 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 a great um, a great place to to grab that. And I you know listen for those that have listened or, or listened to this uh, the experience and I watched what you guys did at Nation Point. Um, I have I have actually used some of the, the techniques I learned from you and other call centers for purchases. And it's very, it is effective and it does take time and money. Um, I don't think anyone's ever executed as well as you guys have. So just, you know, whoever's listening, it is something very interesting you can get into. It's very powerful, but you know, what I really just, I'm really just want to kind of wrap up and say, thank you for coming on. And I'm really um, excited uh, what you guys are doing at Change. You know, I'd love thank to see you. how installer, we can help you guys with anything we can do. Um, so we definitely like to help. We want to help serve the underserved community as well. Um, and, you know, I really appreciate John, you know, the kind of say the friendship and uh, a lot of the uh, expertise over the years I've learned from you. So thank you for coming on here and uh, the CMBA. Thanks for letting us ha have us uh, do this. Yeah. Hey, Josh, thanks for having me. Uh, I do want to tell you before I leave, I think we've got um, a massive consumer play coming up. I didn't get a chance to touch on it too much. It's called ChangeFi. Um, and that's our consumer direct platform. Um, it will quickly become the largest component of the organization um, as we grow. So, uh, you know, I'd love to talk to you. Accelerate is incredible technology. I remember you coming in uh, to show it to me at the bank. I'm sure it's uh, leaps and bounds even from uh, back then. And I know quite a few folks in the industry that's on the platform, and I, I applaud your success. It's it's been really fun to watch and you know I, I get really excited to tell people yeah oh, i know josh friend i love that guy because uh, i knew him way back when before he was this uh, ceo giant at accelerate but uh, i'm proud of you too um, and i appreciate the opportunity to come on here and talk to you thanks john all right thank you everyone